Hey, good morning, Rock Church. It's really good for me to be with you here this morning. And I'm just looking forward to sharing something from the Word of God with you that hopefully will encourage you and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. You know, the, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so we, we need to be people that, that live in righteousness, that walk in the peace of God. And if we have righteousness and we have peace, then we have joy. And the joy is a, and joy is the strength of our life. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is I want to focus on peace this morning and talk to you about how to walk in the, in the peace of God. And what I want to do is I want to talk about a story out of the book of Judges, which really where we get the, the, this whole idea of that, that Jesus is our peace. In fact, one of the names of Jesus is Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is our peace. And uh, but what's really interesting is that, that that name, that name of God, the Lord is our peace, only occurs in one place uh, in the Bible, and it happens to appear in the book of Judges in the story of Gideon. And of course, many of you are familiar with the story of Gideon, and we're going to look at that a little bit uh, this morning in terms of, 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 of God being our peace. If ever we needed peace, uh, it's right now. We're living in a world right now full of turmoil. Uh, the whole COVID-19 thing has really upset the whole world and has disrupted, caused major disruption of our lives and probably your life as well. And then, of course, we have, we've had the killing of George Floyd and all the protests and, and the Black Lives Matter and all the issues to, go, to do with that. And so there's just a lot of turmoil in our life. And, and, and then, of course, we have our own personal issues. So it could be a family issue, could be a health issue, could be a financial issue. So we deal with all those kinds of things, work, people losing jobs. There's just a lot. Of, and then the future, there's just a lot of uncertainty about the future. So if ever we needed to walk in the peace of God, uh, it's now. And so we want to talk about that. And hopefully I'll be able to give you a few practical uh, examples of practical things that can help you uh, experience um, Jehovah Shalom, on the, the the Lord is our peace, and so uh, let's um, let's talk a bit about about Gideon. Of course, Gideon uh, takes the story. Of Gideon takes place in the book of Judges, which was a very unique time in the history of Israel. There was no that was before the time of the kings. Uh, Joshua and the elders have all died. And when they died, then the next generation, the generations that followed, kind of lost their way. And they went, and, and, and the theme of the book of Judges is every man did what was right in his own eyes. And so what you see in the book of Judges is a cyclical pattern that's taking place in Israel. They would, they would move from obedience to a time of disobedience. They, they, they'd disobey the Lord. They'd get away from God. Then then punishment would come uh, against them from the, from, the, from, the, from the Lord. And so then they would be oppressed for a period of time. It could be by their enemies or whatever. Often it was some of the enemy nations around them. Then they would begin to cry out to the Lord for, for deliverance and release. And they begin to repent. And in response to their cries for mercy, God would then raise up a judge or raise up a deliverer to deliver them. And then as long as that deliverer was in a place of leadership, uh, the nation would prosper. But then that judge would die or, and, and, or pass off the scene, and they would go back into disobedience, and they would just continue to repeat the cycle again and again. Well, during one of these cycles, there was uh, the Midianites were invading the book of Judge, Judges chapter 6. The Midianites are invading Israel, and uh, Israel is severely oppressed. Uh, and during this 
this time of oppression, they begin to cry out after a, a number of years, they begin to cry out to the Lord for mercy and for deliverance. And God then uh, appears to a, a young guy named, named Gideon who is hiding from the Midianites and he's trying to beat out some wheat uh, in a wine press because the Midianites would just come by the thousands and invade the land and they would just eat up all the crops and all and take care of, and kill the cattle and just basically like locusts uh, devastate the whole land. And so Gideon is hiding uh, in a wine press trying to beat out a few sheaves of wheat so he can have something to eat when the angel of the Lord appears to him. And so it says in Judges chapter 6 verse 1 we read this, then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hands of Midian seven years. And the power of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of Midian, the sons of Israel made for themselves the dens which were in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. And so for seven years they were oppressed by Midian. And it says in verse 4, So they would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance in Israel, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, and they would come in like locusts for number. Both they and their camels were innumerable, and they came into the land to devastate it. And so Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the sons of Israel cried to the Lord. And so here we, we have them crying out to the Lord. Isaiah talked about what happens when when, we were, when people are disobedient to the Lord. He said, uh, the prophet Isaiah said, but the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up refuse and mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. So when we're walking in unrighteousness, there's no peace. We, we lose our sense of peace when we're walking in disobedience. Isaiah also said in another place, if only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river and your well-being like the ways of the sea. So God wants you and I to actually live in the river of his peace. And it's possible for us to live there rather than living in turmoil in our own personal lives. So uh, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, and he says these words to him in verse 12 of Judges chapter 6. He says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Then Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And then Gideon goes into a dialogue, further dialogue, uh, with the angel of the Lord, you know, explaining to, to the angel of the Lord how he's not competent and he's a nobody. And, but, you know, God chooses the people who have no reputation. God chooses the nobodies to, to, to defeat his enemies and to confound the wise. And so God picks Gideon so everybody will know that when deliverance comes, it wasn't because of Gideon's great attributes, but it was because of the power of the Lord who was upon Gideon. So then Gideon says, I, I want some confirmation that, this, that you're really going to deliver Midian into our hands. Because the angel of the Lord said, I'm going to deliver uh, Midian into your hands, Gideon. I'm going to raise you up. And, and so Gideon says, look, I, I want some confirmation here. So he says, so he goes and says, let me make an offering and present an offering to you. So he does that and he puts this offering on a rock. And then it says, then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff 
that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. And when Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord, which means the pre-incarnate Christ, really, he said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord said to him, Peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it the Lord is Peace. There you have it, Jehovah Shalom. And that's the only place in the Bible where the, the name Jehovah Shalom actually appears. It's, he names this altar Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is Peace. And to this day, it is still an opera of the Abizarites. So Gideon experiences incredible peace. When, when the angel of the Lord is with him and when he's in his, Gideon's in his presence, even though uh, he's surrounded by oppression, even though he had been hiding in absolute fear and absolute terror, yet in the midst of all this turmoil, in the midst of these negative circumstances, because his circumstances have not changed. Nothing at this point has changed with regard to the Midianites, and yet Gideon, in the midst of turmoil, in the, in the midst of oppression, experiences this incredible peace that comes over him, and that's why he names the altar Jehovah Shalom. Uh, the Lord is our peace. Now, peace, actually, the word shalom, is it's more than just being calm. It actually means wholeness, completeness. It, completeness. it means being in harmony and being in balance. That's involved in the word peace. And so all of a sudden, when everything's out of sorts, Gideon feels this peace and this wholeness and this, this balance coming in into his life, even though he's still in the midst of a terrible situation. And so the peace of God, the true peace of God, is not tied to the circumstances that we are in. It is very possible that when we experience the peace of God, when we experience Jehovah Shalom, that no matter what our circumstances are, we can begin to experience God's peace. And that is very powerful, as you will, as you will soon see. You know, Jesus talked about that. And he said to, uh, to his disciples one day, he said, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. That's in John 16, verse 33. And so Jesus is saying to his disciples, Look, in this world you're going to have tribulation, but in the midst of tribulation you can be kept and protected by the power of God's peace. So how... Do I enter into that peace? What was, what's really interesting is when John the Baptist is born, <clears throat> his father, Zechariah, actually prophesies over his son, John the Baptist, under the power of the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't only prophesy over John the Baptist, but he also prophesies, gives a prophecy to do with Jesus. And, he, and I'll break into that, this prophecy in Luke chapter 1, verse 78. Uh, John the Baptist says these words about Jesus. He said, be, not John the Baptist, sorry, but Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. He says these words, Because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise, that's Jesus, from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And so there is a way of peace or like a highway of peace, a road of peace that you and I can walk on. We can begin to enter into that way of peace. And if we stay on that highway, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter what kind of turmoil we are, we are in. We can be kept 
um, by the power of the Holy Spirit as we experience Jehovah Shalom and walk on that highway of peace. So how do I do that? And why is this so important? Well, Paul made a very interesting statement uh, at the very end of his epistle to the, to the church at Rome. And he makes this incredible statement. He says, as he's closing out uh, his epistle in Romans chapter 16, he says this in verse 20, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. He didn't say the God of war will soon crush Satan under your feet. He didn't say the Lord of hosts or the commander of the Lord's army will soon crush Satan under your feet. He says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. <clears throat> and so... It's interesting he's going to crush, that it's going to be under our feet, not his feet. So uh, that peace is very, very powerful. Many times in spiritual warfare, we're taught to rebuke the Lord, we're, we're, to rebuke the devil, sorry. We're taught that, you know, in the name of Jesus, to, to take uh, authority over the, over the devil and take authority over the enemy. But actually, when I'm walking in the, on the highway of peace, I have great authority. When I'm walking in the highway of peace, I can actually crush Satan under my feet, no matter what my circumstances are in. Actually living in God's peace, walking in the presence of Jehovah Shalom, experiencing that gives me incredible authority and incredible power to overcome the enemy in my life. It's, it's an amazing weapon of, of spiritual warfare, the peace of God. So how do I do it? How do I how do I enter into into this peace? Well, first of all, uh, well let me let me go to Philippians because Paul in his letter to the to the to the church at Philippi actually gives us a one two three of how to walk in victory and how to walk in the power of that peace. In Philippians chapter four, in verse five, he says, "The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing." But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, <clears throat> if anything worthy of praise... Dwell on these things, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So first of all, Paul reminds us that the Lord is near. And that's the very, well, the very first thing that's so important in experiencing Jehovah Shalom, that the Lord is near. And so we know that Gideon experienced that. When, when Jehovah Shalom showed up, all of a sudden, in the midst of, of daunting circumstances, Gideon is, Gideon is flooded with peace just because the angel of the Lord, Jesus, is near. And so Paul says the same thing. The Lord is near. If you know that the Lord is near, then you have his peace. And let me tell you something. I don't care what your circumstances are this morning. The Lord is near. He is near to you. Whether you, whether you think that's true or not, it is true because the Word of God declares it that the Lord is near. And when you start focusing on the nearness of God, you begin to experience Jehovah Shalom. And then Paul gives us some practical experiences about how to walk down that highway of peace. 
He says, be anxious for nothing. And we know that, of course, anxiety divides our mind. Anxiety and worry distracts us from the most important things. It causes us to lose our perspective. It causes us to lose our focus. And so what Paul is saying to the church at Philippi is don't be anxious for anything. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Anxiety is never the way out of your problem. That anxiety is never the way through your situation. That, the, that he says be anxious for nothing. And if we take our anxiety and begin to turn it into a petition, begin to turn it into prayer, and begin to lift up our anxieties to the Lord in prayer, not in a complaining way, but with thanksgiving, then all of a sudden our anxiety begins to dissipate and we begin to experience Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. And so there are two people responsible for the level of peace in your life, you and the Lord. And God will always do his part. And so he, God wants us to pray about everything. Nothing is too little for us to pray about and nothing is too great for us to pray about that we need to pray about every situation. And uh, many times people just suffer under all kinds of worry and anxiety, and they just suffer with it when they, wouldn't, when they don't have to, when they could actually go to the Lord and say, you know what, God is near, the Word of God says He's near, and then I'm going to begin to turn my anxieties into petitions and begin to pray about it. And when you start doing that, you're starting to get onto that highway of peace. And then, of course, Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but with much prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto the Lord. And so thanksgiving is related to peace. There is no peace without thanksgiving. Paul wrote to the church at Colossae in chapter 3, and he says this in verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And so thanksgiving is tied to peace. So when we're praying, when we're making our petitions, being grateful, beginning to thank the Lord, focusing on all the things that God has done with us and for us, how God, is, how God promises to be our helper. And as we begin to praise God and as we begin to be thankful, uh, we, we actually get our focus back on God. We get our perspective back. We, get our, we start moving into harmony and balance once again. And when I'm beginning to be thankful to the Lord, I'm really focusing on the fact that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that no matter what the circumstance looks like, no matter how out of control it seems, God is in control. He knows exactly where you are at any given time, at any given moment. And that peace of God can rule your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. Peace is not the absence of problems. You and I are always going to have problems in our life. As long as we're walking on this earth, we're going to have our share of problems. We're going to move into eternity one day where those problems will be gone. But right now, we're living in the midst of adverse circumstances, and we will always have problems. But that does not mean that, that to have peace means the absence of problems. We can have peace in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our problems. And then he says, Paul says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all under all comprehension will guard your heart 
and your mind in Christ Jesus. God will begin to guard you with a peace that, that nobody can understand, that even you yourself will not understand. See, man, I, I'm just feeling the peace of God right now. I don't know why my situation is not great, but I just feel the peace of God in my life, and it's beyond, it's beyond understanding. And this peace begins to control the way you think and the way you feel. It begins to control your mind, begins to control your emotions, because he said he will guard your heart and your mind, your emotions and your thinking will be guarded. And you have the idea of an army surrounding a city, that that peace of God is so powerful, it can not only crush Satan under your feet, but it can guard your mind and guard your emotions. Like an army would guard, surrounded a city and, and would guard that city. And so God wants to surround your life with his peace and guard you against the attacks of the enemy. And so you can experience uh, Jehovah Shalom in your life. Gideon discovered that God was not only with him, but he was also for him. And I want to tell you right now that God is with you and God is for you. If you're not sure about that, just ask Gideon. Because Gideon, we see the results. If you read the rest of the chapter, God used Gideon to defeat the Midianites with no weapons, basically with trumpets and pitchers and a, and a, and a torch, a candle. He defeated the entire army of the Midianites without ever swinging a sword because the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So I trust that, these, that this exhortation will encourage you this morning and will help you. Let me, let me pray for you this morning. Father, I want to thank you and praise you for those who are listening today. And Lord, those who are really, who came to church this morning in turmoil or are watching online, uh, Lord, and have great turmoil in their hearts and in their minds today, I pray that Jehovah Shalom would begin to rule their minds and their hearts. I pray you would help, Lord, our, uh, the listeners today, Lord, get up on that highway of peace. And begin to experience peace like a river. And begin to experience the power that peace can bring uh, to their lives. Lord, whatever their situation is, Lord, this morning, I pray, Father, that the peace of God would rule their minds and their hearts in Christ Jesus. And that they would begin to walk in incredible victory. And as, as we do that, Lord, I know that you begin to move sovereignly in our situation and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you begin to deliver us from our enemies and so, Lord, we commit ourselves into your care this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Pastor Dave, for preaching for us today and for that amazing message on Jehovah Shalom. God is our peace. I trust that in this week and this season of summer ahead, you will experience new degrees of peace after you go after God in new ways. I love how Pastor Dave framed a few of those things. First of all, he said, God is with you and he is for you. God is near us, but he's with us and he's for us. God is actually on your side. He wants your, your joy, your peace more than even you do. And he is a, he's available for us to go after that with him. Pastor Dave talked about there being um, two people responsible for peace in our life, God and us. And so I encourage you to keep pushing in to God and for peace. His message was only 22 minutes and 22 seconds long. And so I encourage you to listen to it again to, to get all you can out of it. Pastor Dave also talked about the path of peace. And the reality is it's easy to say, well, yeah, it's partly my peace I'm responsible for and partly God's. But, but what does that actually mean? What does that look like? 
Well, I, I think that the reality is that some of our paths and patterns and, and ways of living in life actually are contrary to peace. And we actually have to dig those up and, and go after those to allow God to lay a new found work, uh, pardon me, to lay a new groundwork, to lay a new path for us to walk on. I want to show you a picture of something that's gone on outside the church in the last little while. That pathway leading up to the parking lot beside the Rock Church had potholes in it. It had many different patches. There was chunks coming out of the sidewalk. That, that was a path that all of us in the neighborhood that drove it was used to. We were used to risking the front right tire on our car, taking a right turn out of that parking lot because it was so broken up. But now that I see this new path that's being, being laid, they had to dig up the old stuff, but the new stuff is so smooth and so beautiful, it's gonna be amazing to drive on. I realized, wow, didn't have to go on that, that path. They didn't have to leave that path there for as long as they did. And the new path is so beautiful. The new driveway is so beautiful. Folks, for you and I, some of the stuff that we're used to in our life, the, the heightened level of anxiety, that Pastor Dave challenged us to let go of, the, the level of, of gossip, the level of fear, some of that which we've got used to living or driving over on our path really isn't God's best for our life. And so we have to dig it up. We have to acknowledge it for what it is, repent of it, recognize that if we're heading down that path, avoiding those potholes, that that's not God's plan, and to invite His way, that we trust Him, that we follow Him, that we obey Him, that in our relationships, we don't go the way of the world or go the way of sin, but we actually have a part to play in the path of peace by walking it God's way. That path of peace touches a lot of areas of our life, relational, family, education, vocation, and one of the areas it also touches is financial. And this being the first Sunday of the month, it's, it's one of the Sundays that we talk about finances. And I want you to know that uh, no matter what size your bank account is, some of the most wealthy people in the world don't have a lot of peace. And if you don't believe me, just watch the Hollywood tabloids or listen to the stories coming out of millionaire um, type lifestyles. They don't experience a ton of peace either. Our financial our peace is not based on our level of finances in our bank account. The only real way for us to experience peace in our finances is to trust God in our finances. That we actually recognize that all we have comes from Him and as His children, we are to be able to give back as an act of thanksgiving, as an act of trust, and as an act of generosity into the kingdom and all that He wants to do. And so thank you for giving and into the kingdom, expressing your thanks and trust to God through the Rock Church. We want to encourage you that those of you that are, are giving and have started giving, thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. For those of you that, that don't quite know what to do with that topic, that you wonder, well, maybe I'm, I'm watching here and I thought this was what was going to happen. They were going to talk about peace but finally end up with finances. The reality is God came for a whole part and we talk about a lot of different things and today we're talking about uh, for a moment about finances but I want you to know that if we if you don't trust if I don't trust God in the financial area of my life and if I don't honor him in that area of my life it will be very difficult for me to experience any level of peace no matter the size of my bank account and so thank you for giving on the other side of that is that when you give you're actually displaying an act of faith and 
for us to be a community, a body of believers as the Rock Church, we need each of us to be operating in an act of faith because the Rock Church is really a, a faith ministry. We come to the end of June as we are going into July and praise God everybody's been paid. But if God doesn't do a miracle and if you and I aren't faithful to what he is asking us to do and into being generous, the reality is we won't have the same story in 30 days from now. And so we thank you for your generosity and we thank you for your faith. One of the other things Pastor Dave had said was that operating in peace is actually an act of authority. It's actually spiritual warfare that we talk a lot about spiritual warfare. We can talk a lot about spiritual warfare in the sense of have to pray, have to fight. But in the scripture that we're going to end with that Pastor Dave read in Romans chapter 16, verse 20, he says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan. And I want you to know that as we are disciplined and discipled to follow after Jesus in his ways and we walk in his path of peace, we are actually doing spiritual warfare, as he says. And I just don't want us to forget that amazing statement that when you are walking according to the things of God, you are actually bringing the presence of God into your situations, into your relationships, and God's power is flowing out of you. His presence is flowing out of you to be a part of whatever is ongoing, whether it seems like a good situation or a bad situation. So let me read this scripture and pray for you and, and bless you. Romans chapter 16 Verses 19 and 20 says this, But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for us and I thank you for your peace. Thank you for the peace that you came to make between us, mankind, and you through the sacrifice and the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as their Savior, doesn't know the peace that comes first by having a relationship with you, I pray that people would make that step to follow you and to place their trust in you today. God, for those who are watching and, and I've chosen to follow after you, we do struggle at different times with, with our, our peace level and how much peace we experience. And so help us, God, to understand that you are near us. You are both with us and you are for us. God, help us to leave away old paths that are contrary and are not possible to experience peace when we walk in sinful and fleshly ways, but rather to walk in your way and in your path and to be obedient to you. And God, help us to walk in the authority of God. Help us to uh, bring peace into the situations around us. Father, I pray blessing on each one, God, for each one who's given this past month in their finances and trusted you. I pray that you would bring it back to them many different ways and bless them. God, for those who are wrestling and wondering about what it means to trust you in finances, I thank you for your grace. I thank you that it's simply an invitation, and I pray that you would bless them and speak to them gently today. Thank you for your provision of love, joy, of resources, of uh, creativity and understanding in all areas of our life, from church life to our, our own homes and workplaces. Father, for this the summer that's ahead, we pray blessing and joy on each family, each person, each home, each house. In Jesus' name, amen.